did you go, Joe DiMaggio? Our nation turns its lonely eyes to you. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station for the next hour or so. Uh, we are going to be discussing the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I am one of the four voices you'll be hearing for the next hour or so. Uh, joining me, as always, Adam Buncher. Hello. Andrew McDonald. Adam Buncher. <laughs> and Nathan Harrison. Cuckoo Kachoo. You! Alrighty, we are. Um, this is our first uh, uh, OB, <laughs> our first yeah. outside broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are live from Andrew's house. Uh, we are joined Sunny by uh, uh, some very gorgeous pets. Yeah, and a lovely lady uh, somewhere around here, which is weird because I'm normally allergic to girls. So yeah, I'm. I'm There's pretty... a lot of girl hair around as yeah, well. So yeah. I, I once had to be in hospital for a few months because of girl germs. So, yes, yeah, I'm pretty glad that I'm I'm over that Especially now. Especially if that's yeah. the beginning of the season, man. Yeah, yeah, I got my shot. So, I'm um, feeling pretty good about it now. So, let's not waste a second more because we've got a lot to talk about. We're about to leave the 80s and enter the 70s. So, it's like a weird reverse time machine of sorts. But then again, that sums up this podcast pretty well. Yeah. So, at number 80... The first of a few appearances this band will be making. This is Alice in Chains at number 80 with Rooster. Number 80 in the 1993 Hottest 100 with the song Rooster. Alright, Andrew, we're going to throw this one to you first off. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what's your relationship with Alice in Chains in general and maybe with uh, the extended grunge scene? Were you much of a grunge kid growing up? Never really. Um, I don't mind those bands from that era. I guess uh, Alice in Chains are probably my favourite of the, I guess, the so-called Seattle Four. I think Dirt, the album this song is from, is a fantastic record. I was very late getting to it. I didn't really pay it much heed until about kind of five years ago when a friend of mine recommended it as one of his all-time faves. So I then looked into that. And I really, really love it. Yeah, I think it's a really excellent record. And I think Rooster is a terrific track when it comes on. It's kind of like, I guess, two-thirds of the way through the record. I think it provides a really 
wonderful, I guess, more delicate, somber counterpoint to the rest of the sound. Yeah. Um, mm. From what I understand, it was uh, written about the guitarist's father, who yep. was a Vietnam yep. veteran. Um, Rooster somehow being a nickname for that. Yeah. And in the film clip, there's interviews with him. Right. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Sort of responding uh, to the song, but also just talking about his experiences. Well, I love what's said about the song is that when the guitarist wrote it, he saw it as being a real turning point in his relationship with his father because there was always this problem that he had that his father was very deeply affected by Vietnam. And this kind of, as he said, was like the turning point for the healing of that between the two of them. And he describes actually playing it at a concert live and his dad's up the back and he, he said he had his hat off and he was just like cheering at the end That's and, and he's like just crying oh, the entire class. time. Yeah. I'm never going like, to have that feel. Oh yeah. man, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty beautiful. amazing. And I mean, you could probably look at this song a bit wider in terms of, of that generation, the generation a bit older than us, sort of uh, learning about the, the Vietnam yeah. War, uh, yeah, like finding yeah, yeah. out what it was about. And sort of recognizing what it had done to uh, their parents, you know, and all the people that went there and, and came yeah. back and, you know, and all that stuff. So we've got a lot of firsthand stuff kind of in the 60s in terms of music that was either influenced by or talking about and commenting, but this is like, it's nice to have that point of view. I'll look back kind yeah, of Yeah, sometime yeah, yeah, later yeah. And, and still like very much the next generation sort exactly, of going, oh, this happened really. and this like really violently affected a lot of people it's such a personal song and like it's really yeah. about the effect that it has on one man totally. I think even on a I think on a, on a superficial level I think the song musically is very excellent oh, the first the half is so de- delicate mm. and yeah. so wonderful but once that actual the sort of riff comes in it's just like it's so so wonderful I know you like it's easy to use terms like to associate drugs with music kind of thing and Alice in Chains with heroin obviously but like when that bit comes in it reminds me so much of uh, like I guess not the in terms of sound, but in terms of mood of like the other underground song heroin. That kind of like you like uh, sit yeah, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. let it wash over you. You got to kick back. It's it's heroin song. It's just it's it's mm. like it's powerful, affecting music, and I think it's really wonderful. I, I think I think it's a really really terrific song. It's not one that I often think of myself in terms of favorite early nineties tracks, but whenever I do play dirt and it comes on, I'm always like, oh yeah, this tune, like yeah, yeah sure, a wonderful song. I find the first half of it more engaging than when it gets heavy, yeah. but I think that's probably just like a, a relationship I have to yeah. grunge. Like, I mean, I did Pearl Jam for a bit and Nirvana for a bit, but like grunge is just not something that really spoke to me. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because I was really like quite into grunge when it was happening. I went through a huge uh, kind of, especially wait, wait, when it was happening, not when it was <laughs> happening, when, when it was happening for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> grunge toddler in in in, uh, in in high school, I guess. Like I don't know, that just seems like a time where you do get it's, into it's absolutely when you do. So that's that's when I discovered it. But I missed Alice in Chains, mm. and so I feel like there's a tiny little Adam who's a, who's a teenager who's still wearing his tool shirt and he yeah. still has spiked up hair. And he, like he's the guy inside me who's really reacting to this track and it, it's such a great example for everything that I used to love about that kind of music and the way it made me feel like listening to this track really brought me back to that time even though I'd never really had much of a relationship to this track mm. like, I guess, I guess I that speaks to the um, not so much the homogenous idea of grunge at the time but no, it's just totally. the uh, the nostalgia that gets attached to movements kind of thing like this song is so and I guess the vocal style as well, now it's become a bit of a cliche, but at the time it wasn't really so much. But no, like, yeah. You hear this song and you're like, yeah, this is an early 90s grunge track. Obviously, there's no yeah. way you can mistake it from any other period. And it really speaks to how classic a song it is, I think. Mm. Yeah. Do you guys think that they were, as a band, kind of treated as like also rams in the world of grunge? You know, like everyone always thinks Nirvana and Pearl Jam, but then it's just like, oh yeah, I guess Alice in Chains was sort I'm, of... Alice in Chains and Soundgarden are definitely like yeah, the, yeah. the lower the tier. Lower yeah. like, I don't know, maybe it's just that Pearl Jam and Nirvana are more entry level because they had a lot more breakthrough success. Yeah, sure, yeah. You know, like you're much more likely to hear Smells Like Teen Spirit and Better Man on a commercial radio show 
uh, station than you would here in Alice in Chains or Soundgarden. Or and maybe that speaks to the position that this occupies you yeah, know, yeah. On, on the countdown. Like, to me, I, I would have thought that the grunge following would have been a little bit higher. And, you know, certainly maybe it is if you look at the tracks that are coming up a little bit later on. But it yeah. obviously shows Alice in Chains' position and this song's position in relation to that family. Yeah, yeah. As, as maybe not being as pronounced as I might have thought it was. Because I, I, I thought, like, Alice in Chains were a huge grunge band, and they certainly, you know, like... They certainly have their success. They are, but I don't know, maybe maybe not as, as much as those other names you mentioned, yeah. I guess. Yeah, well, Dirt is crazily acclaimed. Oh, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. that's what I was... Yeah, that was um, like a platinum on. seller. Yeah. Like, but, you know, I guess in comparison to the, the monoliths of the genre, yeah. I guess yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, they might be seen as somewhat... Uh, yeah, maybe somewhat of an afterthought. You know, it's a cruel thing to say. But if, um, if anyone ever lists the Seattle Four, Alice in Chains is very rarely the first band. That you yeah, list. yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. My favorite story about this song is when uh, Primus were touring with Alice in Chains, uh, which became the DVD "Animals Shouldn't Act Like People." When Alice in Chains played Brewster, Les Claypool from Primus came out on stage in a giant chicken costume <laughs> and started dancing until he got attacked and chased off stage by the guitarist of Alice in Chains. Oh, Which is beautiful. Because no. obviously, like, that's quite, yeah. That's a very insensitive thing to, to do, do for yeah. a song that means so much, but also very funny. So I'll pay that. That's fucking yeah, hysterical. Yeah, you can see it on YouTube. It's wonderful. God the damn. guitarist just, he throws a bottle at him and like sort of lunges at him and chases him off stage. Let's Claypool has just sort of been doing this jig in this giant <laughs> that will, If you're listening, this will definitely be in the show notes. Yeah. Like, unquestionably. Um, it's has, Have any of us kept up with modern day Alice in Chains? Yes, I listened to Blue Turns to Black or Black Turns to Blue. Uh, I obviously... Blue yeah. Gives Way to Black, okay, I think it's sure. the name of the record. I, I, I got the two colours right, half points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm contributing to the trivia team, but I'm not the main guy. Yeah. Um, it was good. Like, I... I, I, I really like I got into the harmonies like I just dig in harmonies and vocal harmonies when they're done right and mm. I think that that's what this band excels in for me and that's what will bring me back to them it's like some days I just want to hear some really kick-ass harmonies yeah. with Honestly, my hard rock and it, I, I've heard that album I can't pay it without, yeah? yeah there were a couple I mean it wasn't like a solid album but there were a couple of like kind of really solid tracks that I don't know whether I'd listen to ever again but certainly during the year <laughs> when I was when I was checking out you know, the albums from that year, just seeing what I liked and what I didn't, I, I gave it a few spins then. Yeah, that's right then. Yeah. Well, uh, for those who don't know, uh, their lead singer died in 2002, I believe. And then uh, several years later, uh, they reunited with a new vocalist and they've made two records um, under that name or under the Alice in Change name with the, with the new lead singer. And of course, you know, with, with every band of the new lead singer they've had some pretty mixed reactions yeah you know? well I guess I never really knew them beforehand so I didn't really get that much really. yeah, yeah. I mean they, I know they released an album like last year or something but I didn't I didn't listen to that I you know mm. I, I didn't like it I, quite I, I was considering it and then I found out the album was called The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here yeah no, I think that's what turned me off as well yeah Probably the worst album Ooh, title I've ever heard. It's pretty bad. It's pretty up there. Yeah. But uh, Alice in Chains' legacy lives on in every guy that has ever sung through his teeth. So, uh, thank you to Alice in Chains for that. Alrighty, at number 79, it's time for a cover. I uh, don't think we've really talked about many covers yet. This might be the first one. Mm. Um, uh, I think we have done one before. One? Maybe? Yeah. I can't remember. I can't, oh, I wish I had the list. No. <laughs> I feel like I, I should know that. This is our podcast. But... 
It's alright, man. We'll remember eventually. Uh, Van Morrison is, is kind of a cover. Oh, yeah. And, like and, cover. and it's also, that's, that's that was uh, a song from the 60s that was, you know, redone and in this countdown. So. Yeah. I, so. Really, I really hope that already we have some, like, diehard fans of the of the podcast that know more about it than we do. Yeah. Really, just like, screaming at Really give us statisticians. Right just kind of like, yes, Nathan. Uh, well, but these amount of guys. songs are okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think we'll if you know. are that guy, please, uh, please let us know. Yeah. I think we'll we'll have really known that we've made it once that happens. If anyone um, wants to be that guy, like who's listening now, who can <laughs> do that, like yeah, please drop us a line. Be we that really guy. Appreciate it. Now just go ahead and do it. Enough fucking around. At number seventy nine, it's the goddamn Lemonheads with Mrs. Robinson. Treated, uh, especially considering for a lot of people their best known song is this fucking thing, and it's a fucking cover. Like it's a, it's like a dorky rocked up cover of an old song, you know. Uh, so in the seventies, a nun actually had a number one hit with like a quote unquote rock version of the Lord's Prayer. Wow, yeah, that's incredible. That's too that, soon. That seventies also... is too soon. <laughs> <laughs> That'll also be in the show notes. It's fucking incredible. Um, actually, Cliff Richard also released like a new, ver- like, like a singing version of the Lord's Prayer. Um, like Ninety-nine, yeah, 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 the yeah, Millennium yeah. Prayer. Millennium Prayer. Yeah, it's oh, incredible. Yeah. One of the all-time great worst songs, yeah, it's a, it's in my opinion. Um, but enough about religious overtones. I love the Lemonheads. I think Evan Dando is one of those classic torture geniuses who's just fucked himself up over the years and has never really been able to get himself back on track. He catches in on a lot of nostalgia tours. You know, he can pack out a room playing Shame About Ray, which this uh, song was tacked on to eventually. He can play that in full and pack out a room, but, you know... Anyone, if he does like a set of new stuff, everyone's just like, yeah, nah, not interested. But, you know, he's getting it back on track. He's recording a new Lemonheads album with Ryan Adams, of all people, who is also now in the Lemonheads and plays drums. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. Um, This is the first of three appearances of the Lemonheads in the top ten, in the Hottest 100, rather. I feel that the other two songs uh, that we will eventually be talking about are much 
much better than this. But, um, you know, this is passable. It's fun. It's a bit, it's a bit dorky, and I can see why they're a bit embarrassed by it, and they, like, if they play It's a Shame About Rainfall, they don't play this fucking song. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's nowhere near an essential Lemonheads track, but, uh, I think it, you know, it's nice, and it brought them a little bit of success, and that's the least we can ask. Um, Yeah. Nathan, have you, uh... Do you have much of a relationship with the Lemonheads beyond this? Yeah, like a few songs, and I quite like what I heard. And Courtney Barnett has uh, a new song, yeah, yeah, which she's is cover of Being Around, around which yeah, is which gorgeous is awesome. cover. It's so lovely. I, yeah. like, I don't mind what Lemonheads I've heard. I think this is pretty lacklustre. Yeah. Like, especially, like, it's it's really a kind of pop-punky cover of Mrs. Robinson. And right, I, yeah. And it's it has so no rogue. energy. It's, it's so just, rogue as well. There's yeah, nothing different just, about it. It just plods along and it's like, man, like, the Simon and Garfunkel has more energy than this. Yeah, totally. And, like, it's, it's, the film clip is terrible as well. Like, is that the one where he's in like a rowboat? Or yeah, something? and he just yeah. doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Like, he, he just, he's very vacant and it's like, oh, did someone tell you that you were going to be in a rowboat doing was a music Was it a soundtrack today? song? It what? was a. Re- it was released re- due to a re-release of uh, the, graduate. the Graduate on VHS. Oh, right. Which is why there's pretty low. A lot of the Graduate. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty pretty low in terms of like artistic integrity for yeah. making a song, and like it kind of reeks of like I, I'm sure the band's heart wasn't in it, and you can feel that in lack of energy in the song. It's like, like oh, we'll play pretty much the exact version of the song that everybody knows, yeah. but it's got a vague kind of. Like those punk goes pop kind of colour. Oh, it God. really does. It's got a lot of that to it. And Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky? Yeah. And just like playing that little bass riff, and it's just like yeah. that, that isn't anything. Yeah. Like you just Dr. this Dr. is just Dr. a no. gesture towards the Simon and Garfunkel song. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not very disappointing. It's not terrible, but it's not something you ever think to yourself. Oh, I'm glad this is on the album as well. No. Yeah, Adam. which is a shame. Like, I'm looking forward to hearing the other Lemonhead songs. Yeah, in sure. Countdown. I don't, I don't. I guess I don't feel as strongly about it as you guys. Like you seem to be more on the. You know the the, the 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 wrong side of indifferent. I guess I'm just more on the indifferent side of indifferent in terms of this song. Like it's I've heard it on the radio a couple of times. It's this song. It's you know like I think covers are weird. Covers are <laughs> covers are hard. Like yeah, yeah. You, you do it too well. That's a bit of a bad thing. You don't do it well enough. It's a bad thing. You do it too differently or not differently enough. Like it's really hard to do a good cover. And everyone's definition of what a good cover is kind of is really different I don't have much of a relationship to the original track sure. I, I can't remember how it sounds off the top of my head you know sounds I definitely great. yeah well you know like I, I missed out on that one uh, so this is the song that I this is the version of Mrs. Robinson that I know um, so it is Mrs. Robinson like I don't really mm. this is kind of my heart goes out to you man <laughs> yeah yeah well, maybe I'll have to I'll have to check out the other one you know um, I, yeah for, SNG you need some yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, I've, I've been told that about many many other yeah, things yeah there's some there's some pretty uh, bold up and comers those those Simon and Garfunkel kids <laughs> yeah. I, I see bright things in their future some great potential there what I do like is I, I looked up you know like some information on this track and I love the fact that in the original Simon and Garfunkel track uh, actually Joe DiMaggio was quite upset with them, really? yeah, that's because right. he was like, he was like, guys, I didn't go anywhere. What are you, <laughs> what are you, ta- wow. what are you talking about? And he actually had to sit down with Simon, and they had to nut it out because it's just kind of like, guys, yeah, just, right. just, just saying, I went somewhere. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm here. Oh, I, I love. Don't it. call it's, this a comeback. In history, at some <laughs> yeah. point, Paul Simon was getting into argument with Joe DiMaggio, and that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The official statement was he says, uh, this is yeah, this is the exact quote from Simon at that time. It says. In the days of presidential transgressions and apologies and primetime interviews about private sexual matters, we grieve for Joe DiMaggio and mourn the loss of his grace and dignity, his fierce sense of privacy, his fidelity to the memory of his wife, and the power of his silence. Wow. Wow. Uh, it wasn't even his favourite 
baseball player. He wanted to use someone else, but didn't syllabically work. <laughs> that's why. That's why he's in the song. Also, the song was meant to be about Mrs. Roosevelt, but um, and it, it got changed to yeah, the director Robinson because the, the graduate. They were like, write some songs for the graduate, and like, well, we've got yeah. this song, but it's not about that. I guess it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't write it. Changes the song. Yeah. yeah. So, I just look forward to another updated version where they get to sing about John DiMaggio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pipe dream, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where have you gone, John DiMaggio? He sings Be that the bit. change that you yes. want to see in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. At number 78, this is a 17 with deep. Swing to the soft song. I feel your heat is turning me on. I wanna feel you all night long. So come close, as close as you can. I surrender. You're so tender and tanned. I wanna toss, I wanna tumble, feel and fumble. I wanna do it till my belly rumbles. So lay back and I close your eyes and I, oh, while I feel you can fantasize. Yeah, while I feel you can fantasize. The rest of all my What you need indeed, I'm gonna rock this I team You scream and tighten your hold I tiggle in the middle as we giggle in I go up and down deeper Like an ocean As I push, I blow you in That was a 17 at number 78 with the song Deep Adam, oh, Put some life into it I can't, no I've got uh, no, no I'm a day, fuck this song can't Fuck this it. song, wow. fucking fan wow. Fuck Nathan. this song Oh, like, it's 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 a bit of a nothing, but, like... This is the worst, worst song that we have covered. Whoa, Absolutely. Whoa, that is By not far. true. Way, is, we no did Green Jello last week. This, this is, is not, not, worse than Green Jello. No, no, no way. Not only is it worse than Green Jello, it's worse than Dixie Drugstore. Yeah. I never thought I'd say that. I thought, yeah, whatever. Anyway. I didn't realise I was like who is E17 but it's, um, Stay Another Day they're fine it's alright it's alright was the big hit I think oh, okay. right. I, I know right. I know is that them as well yeah that's them but, so they were like a fucking boy band yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is, so the fact that they were this is Proto played on Triple and J Blue, exactly and, just yeah. like, and that's that would be like the equivalent of them playing the Backstreet Boys, or yeah, you but know. it's great to know it's another it's another one of those songs that you can file under. Crude has always flirted with the mainstream. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I like I, I think purely in terms of looking at it and being like, oh wow, this is you know a couple of years from now we're going to get Blue and Five and take that, and, and yeah. this is like none of that would have happened without this, and these guys were very huge for a very short amount of time. Yeah, like, honestly, in the, pen. the song is pretty crap. Obviously, yeah. I don't think <laughs> I, I don't know hate it as much as you guys do, but I do think that it's it like fucking blows chunks. It's, yeah, it's, it's the kind of song uh, that I, in an alternate timeline, I can see me if I heard it at the time, I might have a tween nostalgic attachment to it, like I do with Five. Definitely, that does that didn't happen, so it is a bad song. But there's something about <laughs> it. There's something there. 
It's bad, but there is something yeah. hidden in there that I know that I could have liked. It's a song that I actually find painful to be in the presence of. Wow. It's actually like, it's as, really as, soon as, as soon as the it's lyrics start... It's, it's not really little It's not. It's not. The accent is so bad. The accent is crazy yeah. bad. Which is like... In this one? Yeah. Oh, the it? spoken word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. It, can't, it can't even pass as rap. Well, that's the thing. Like, But the fact that it's 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 almost playing with rap, like, I'm just like... Yeah. Where I'm at at the moment, like, I'm pretty I'm pretty into hip-hop. I got through a bit of a hip-hop phase. And so when that guy comes in with that, and it's just, and he's just, and it's just also like overtly sexual. I don't want to have anything to do with this, this guy in that. Not way. in your hip hop. Just like, it's not, it's not hip hop. No, like no. it's, it's not. Being like it's so ugly and clunky and dated. It sounds like it was recorded on a fucking tape recorder. <laughs> I just think anything that needs to impress upon you the idea that this is a seduction song in such a way is, I have a major problem with songs like that. Like, I have a major problem with songs signposting their sexiness. Sure. Just be sexy. It's Don't fun. talk about how sexy it's you are. Just so be sexy. Isn't that, what, isn't that what Justin Timberlake does all the time, though? It's just signpost that he is sexy, sexy and that that's what he's doing no, he he, play- he, I quote am okay. bringing sexy back but, a, except if that's not a signpost I don't know what is exception that proves the rule yeah. but like well, the relationship and the tone between that is really is, is, it's, it's done with a wink this is not done with a wink you don't know that this is done with you staring straight at you and I'm making bedroom eyes at you and I want to just look away because you're freaking me out my cock is in my hand <laughs> that's, yeah exactly E17 firmly has yeah. C&H yeah right <laughs> Justin Timberlake, you can see his basket. You can see like his desk. There's, there's something there down the trousers. Whoa, but it's, it's, it's intense. His hand out. But fucking old mate from E17 is like jerking off in the street. Whoa! <laughs> wow. Time to move on. Yeah, yeah. My, my, but the best thing I think is that um, after the band, you know, took a very horrible turn for the worse. Say it after they climaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Post coital. Yeah. Um, and and we're doing incredibly badly in 1997. Brian Harvey was kicked out of the band for publicly endorsing the use of ecstasy, which shows us that the age of Ebenezer Good is well and truly over. <laughs> yes. in 1997. Third Ebenezer Bad. Yeah. <laughs> before we before we move on, um, what was the guy's name? The guy with the fucking hat. <laughs> the guy with the hat. Oh, he, like, had, he had like a giant fucking ridiculous beanie. The Jimmy Jimmy oh, is it Brian Harvey? Or yeah, yeah, that's right. Brian fucking Harvey once ran over himself. <laughs> What? I'm yeah. not fucking kidding. How? See, uh, he was in his car. <laughs> he was in his car, and he was obviously under a lot of influences. Yeah. Um. Take that. He was in the. Wet, wet, wet. Yeah. Um. He was fucked up. He was in his car. He was in the driver's seat. The ignition was on, and he'd like born a gone out the side of his car to spew, oh. um, had stepped on the accelerator, fallen <laughs> out of the car, and run over himself. That is, that is, the, that is the band in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's something to love. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That, yeah. The only guy possibly in history to be able to run over himself with his own car. And Winston. Certainly is deep. In fucking deed. Everything's gonna be alright. Fuck you, E17. <laughs> Fuck you square in your stupid fucking faces. Second day. <laughs> well, we couldn't keep these motherfuckers away for too long. For the second and final time in the history of the Hottest 100s, it's time to talk about the bad loves. At number 77, here's the bad loves with Lost. <laughs> Lost. 
hand of an angel Gently betrayed with a kiss And all my dreams come tumbling down But what I found Well, I was lost without your eyes Number 77 with Lost. Well, it's no Grand Limousine, I'll give it that. It's not! Oh, it's not! I think it's not! What? Grand Whoa, fuck yeah! Get out of here! Okay, I'm gonna divide the room up in half. I'm sitting with AMAC because I'm completely on side with him. Like, what this more do disgusting. you want? What more do you want from a chorus? For the chorus what, is cool, but for yeah, what this song yeah. is. Um, I'll tell you. <laughs> you can drive my car where the wild things are. I gotta. Green Karaoke version of Hottest 100,000 is available yeah. in all good bookstores. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, I think that this is like... Again, I think that both of the songs I don't really have any attachment to. I'm not, I'm not huge for either of them, but I do think this is better than Green Limousine. There's, I'm huge for the song. Yeah, there's not as much, there's not as much like of that... Ugh, white boy funk in this song. <laughs> I can, I can digest that's it a bit more. That's what makes Limousine Yeah, that's good. why I love it. Like, I that's just, the I sweetest it, plum. I put it in the same camp as like the Eels and early Beck stuff. Like it has that wow. vibe for me. Okay. It's, it's not as polished. No, but like that's what I get from that song. From from this song, I just don't get anything. Well, I'm going to divide myself off from Andrew again. Like for my splinter group, my own back on Adam Island. Yeah, I, the island here. The and, and our opinion, the nation's opinion here. <laughs> Is that I like Green Limousine, but I love this song. This, this, this wow. like, this is like, wow. just something about that chorus is so anthemic. Like, it, and it is a pop song. It is what it is. Like, and you know, like, I know there's a certain limit to how far that love will go for me, just based on you know the form that it takes and whatever. But like, you know, this is a it sits to me in Australian classic territory. What about that? No. What, what, what about at the three quarter mark where it gets all soft and quiet, and then he does the does the chorus just by himself? Oh. I think that's pretty fucking terrible. Oh yeah. man, it is, it is cringe bait, but it's huge and it's and it's maybe signposting its emotion a bit too much. But you know, like in the context of this song, I kind of buy it. I I, I think for what it is and the space that it occupies. Uh, this is like I don't know like it's hmm. it works for me righto yeah. it just doesn't grab me I was singing Green Limousine by the end of the first time I listened to it and this, that's just downright I, disrespectful I just didn't get anything from this don't do that I except the bass player looks a lot like the guy in that 70s show oh, oh my god he does too he does. fucking hell I think that's all we can really say about the Bad Loves they uh they reunited and played a couple of shows in 2010 and you know now they're all probably off you know looking their day jobs yep yeah. You know, 
Just mm. feeding their hateful fucking children. You we'll know. probably hear from them soon, though, again. Oh, in this no, countdown. no is that's that, it. Is it? That's the, this is, we are officially closing the book. Well, after this of... effort, I can't, I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. They showed a lot of promise with Green Limousine, but uh, they squandered no, it. They wandered it away. I think the people of Australia voted with their hearts and their minds putting some higher than Green Limo. <laughs> I agree. No. I think the dads of Australia are firmly, <laughs> firmly in the right here. Thank you, dads. Thank you. As far as dad songs, it's a good dad song. I think that, that sums up my point of view probably better than anything else right. that I can say. If, if I was in the car with my dad, and my dad was the kind of dad who dadded on this track, then I'm... I'm, I'm dad with him. I'm, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. More, more so than other dad songs. Yeah. Can you quit it with the dad wank already? God. That's, what, that's what my dad said. Hey! <laughs> da, 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 da. Too much CNH. <laughs> well, it's it's time to say goodbye to the bad loves. We love you guys, but you just flew too close to the sun. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> they barely jumped. Like, we were saying it was pretty good, and then this was not as good, and then, like, that's it. Like, it's, it's a blip. Uh, we'll be sending them off in a green hearse. <laughs> so, uh, farewell to bad loves. We hardly knew you. Time for the final song of this episode of Hottest 100 Thousands, bringing us to number 76 in the 1993 Hottest 100. This is Caligula with Before. Hottest 100. Mac, I'm going to throw this one to you. Uh, What did you make of Caligula? Well, I have always... Any of these kind of, I guess, songs, primarily from this era, that have that kind of powerfully proud artificial beat, I have an immediate kind of like for. I'm not sure where that stems from. I think because I really love, like, Curve, Loop, Primal Screams, Scrimadelica. They're albums that I I adore. So whenever that kind of sound comes in, I'm always I'm always going to lean in a little bit. But then right. when the uh, in this case the vocals came in, I leaned well back away. Yeah. So Whoa. yeah, there back is away, not yeah. stay. just go lay there. There is so much to hate about this song. <laughs> it is not like, but like for every it's that entirely. You can tell this band heard those kind of acts. They heard Screamer Delica and they probably heard Curves Doppelganger and thought. 
We could do this. We can do this. We have Australian accents. We can do it with Australian accents. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah, yeah, they really needed someone to go... To reel them in. Have you thought about this more than once? Mm. <laughs> and then they are... Uh, thankfully, they drive home how terrible it is with the fucking twee-ass keyboard bullshit. Oh, my it's God. So when it comes in, it's just so... It's, it's honestly because when it started I thought to myself this, this, this is an alright track I get it but then by the end of it I was like holy crap there's still 30 seconds to go I, I, I don't know if I can deal with it did it's you just, make it through? yeah of course I'm, <laughs> the I film clip got me through the, the oh my clip, god yeah. the fucking clip the backwards hats the backwards hats oh the zaniness the playing the drums the very, way out yeah. oh my god yeah. I think you said it best Andrew that that film clip should be in every time oh, capsule yeah the reason, lest, lest we forget. yeah, the reason it's been two weeks since we've done an episode is because I went to into a coma of cultural cringe yes. after watching that fucking video. Buncha, what do you think of Caligula? Well, I think this is a really interesting point about this song that kind of came as a question to me when I was listening to it, watching it, and participating in it in general. Is that like? Songs can be dated in a couple of ways. They can either be dated in the same way that Rooster is dated, in that it's so of its time and of its era and of the music that it represents and in its in its heights, you know, grunge. It's when it was happening. And that makes it, you know, like kind of timeless in a way. Or it can be dated in this way, which is kind of like I'm sure that in ninety three it was far more okay than it is now. But looking back on it, it's kind of like I d I don't even know how to approach yeah. this song because it seems so far removed from context now. And that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I, 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 it's not about liking or not liking or what's cringy and what's not. It's just that this is not... I, I, I can't... Yeah. It's, so, it's foreign. There are plenty yeah. of terrible songs now that we really like to indulge ourselves in. Yeah, totally. And, like, laugh at how crap they are and sing along to it. Maybe this was that then. Like, Fully. Or there's, I don't know. There's just something about the, the culture now that allows us to embrace that those kinds of songs. And I'm sure, like, in five years' time, we'll, hopefully we'll have an awareness of what those songs are a lot more yeah, and yeah. be able to... Pick that apart a little bit more, but because I wasn't Katie, around. It's Katy Perry's "Et Feet Kanye West." <laughs> yes, yeah. What? You reckon that's, that that, that, that's the song that we can indulge in and hate and love and embrace and push yourself away from everything at once. It's maybe, everything. Maybe that's Katy Perry in general. I no, know. it's that particular song. <laughs> Feet Kanye West. <laughs> <on the single. laughs> The first two lines of this are, here we are, here we are, here we are today now. Don't you want to know what I really want to say now? No, I do not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I no, have, no yeah. thank you. Please, you know, split up sooner and form primary. Yeah. A couple of years later, you know, um, the Spice Girls would say, you know, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So, so tell us what you want, what you really, really want. I don't want to hear what this fucker has to say, but I want to hear what the Spice Girls have to yeah, say. Yeah, it's true. Fuck, I wish the Spice Girls were voted in the last 100. Not I mean, if, if fucking no. Christ, if fucking E seventeen, the bar is not high. Not yeah, high. exactly. <laughs> it's really not. Well, this uh, song is certainly too high. Can I say, like, yeah. for what it is, like, I it's, mean, it, you know, it's it's higher than a rage song. It's higher than Men on the Moon. Higher than REM. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's higher than Kev Comedy. It's higher than Ben Morrison. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I, and that that's another thing that makes me lean towards this. What is this cultural thing that is happening here? What is this thing that happened in '93 or this mindset that people were in with their music in '93 that I can't get now? Mm. That's basically where I sit with it. That's true. Uh, as we all know now, uh, the brothers in this band would later disintegrate Caligula and form Primary, yes, who uh, had um, yeah. A very understated, but uh, a fairly definitive run in the late 90s and early 2000s. And their vocalist, Connie Mitchell, would then go on to form a Sneaky Sound System. Mm. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Which okay. uh, 
uh, as many people know, is the soundtrack to Satan uh, himself ruling the earth. Uh, <laughs> Someone of, had to score it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good lord. I know that when the world ends, I'm just going to be running around with, I got lots of pictures in my head, while a, a, a pitchfork comes down and just pokes my eyes out. There'll be so many metal bands sad to have missed out on the opportunity to be that soundtrack. Yeah, it's yeah. just like... Slayer yeah. will be spewing. Yeah, yeah they've exactly. been gunning for it the whole time. Yeah, it turns out Satan's just really into his trashy pop. Yeah. You know? He Makes actually sense. does... Yeah. Did you know he actually does backing vocals on uh, We Like to Party by the Venga Boys? Yeah, see? Yeah. I, I, might have I thought that was him. Yeah. yeah. We Like to Party. That's oh, Satan. Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He it just great. yeah. It he recorded right hook. He recorded <laughs> <laughs> diabolically yeah. good. Yeah. He recorded his vocals on mini disc and just sent them back up to the most satanic uh, format. Yeah, the most, <laughs> the most hated of all formats. <laughs> he sent it back up in WMA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Fuck Caligula. Fuck Sneaky Sound System. Fuck everything involving this band except Primary. Except Primary. Fucking Primary were great. I miss Primary. Come back. Diamond in the rough. Come on. That brings us to the end of another episode of Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands. We'd like to thank you so much for listening. We really fucking appreciate that shit. It's really, really cool. It's awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the kind words you've been passing on. It's been really, really lovely. Before we get out of here, it's time to vote for our favourites and our least favourites. I am going to go... Mrs. Robinson is the best song that we talked about today, even though, you know... We didn't have that much to choose from, to be to be fair. But yeah, Mrs. Robinson, just because of the legacy of it, and some of the girlfriend called the best, and E Seventeen as not only the worst song of today, but the worst song we have ever covered. Maybe ever will. Maybe it's also ever will. it's also my least favorite with a bullet uh-huh. pointed straight down. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go Rooster far and away. Um, I mean, I, I you know I expressed a certain amount of love for the bad loves this this episode and I stand by it for what it is in terms of just like that Australiana dad rock and but that's you know that could never compete with Dem Harmonies and I'm, the bigness of Rooster I'm with you on both regards I defended E17 more than uh, you did but I do agree that it was the worst of the five yeah. and the best of the five was without question for me Rooster yeah absolutely yeah I think I have to join you on that probably it's awesome. popular island mm. yeah. <laughs> and, your, and your worst yeah probably E17 though oh. maybe Caligula I don't know no, we'll go with Caligula. All right. Just yeah, it's Friday. very bad. <laughs> right on. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. We'll be back next week with even more shit to talk about. But until then, on behalf of Mr. Adam Buncher. Hello. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Farewell. And Mr. Nathan Harrison. Goodbye. My name is David James Young. Keep music evil. Goodbye. Hottest 100s and thousands is filmed in front of a live studio audience.